You're listening to The Lovish Podcast, where we help Christian women of color go from feeling overwhelmed, invalidated, and unappreciated to boundary-enforcing, confident women embracing their unique identity and thriving according to God's word. In this episode, we are talking about the weight of being a generational curse breaker, what it is, what it means, and a few strategies to help you thrive. Yes, girl, I said thrive. Most of the time when we hear generational curse breaker, it's in a context that has a negative connotation to it and carries a lot of heavy weight. And while it's true, a generational curse breaker does carry a lot of weight. I want people to know that you can also thrive as a generational curse breaker. I hope you stick around for today's episode to keep the conversation going. Welcome to The Lovish Podcast, a practical weekly podcast centered on mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I'm your host, Sita Hood, a licensed clinical social worker. Now, sis, I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. This episode is brought to you by the Pink Emerald Retreat. At this three-day intimate weekend retreat for boss babes, high-achieving career women, and recovering strong friends, you're gonna walk away with increased productivity, no more brain clutter, a customized plan of action for daily living and getting things done, a unique blueprint for your life, discovering your identity and purpose, and a stronger sense of peace without compromising your boundaries as you support and love on the people in your life. For more information, go to thepinkemerald.com forward slash retreat. Hey, hey, how are you doing this week, boo-boo kitty? I am going to try my best to stay focused here because I am filming a part of this episode as I am recording, and it is my first time doing so. I'm going to release this footage on my YouTube channel, and you guys let me know if you enjoyed watching um, the filming of the podcast as well as hearing the audio. I know some people like to do that. I do that with certain podcasts that I listen to but child we ain't got time to waste today because we about to step on the devil neck period poo we not playing so let's kick off straight into it um for those of you that are watching on video you see me looking down I'm just checking my notes boo just checking my notes but um we're gonna jump right into it because we ain't got no time to waste if you have been following me for any amount of time, then you know that I am a words girl. So you read the title of this episode, Thriving as a Generational Curse Breaker. And so I want to take the time to break down those words. Let's break down what that actually means. Generation, all of people born and living at about the same time or the production of something curse solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something 
break, interrupt a sequence, course, continuous state. So all of these words are power words. We think about generation. That's a huge word that, I mean, man, I just think about droves and droves of people. So generation, like millennial, I'm a millennial. So I think about all the millennials. Um, curse, you know, we think a lot of times that curses are not real because we watch these Disney movies and, you know, we tell kids, oh, they're not real, etc. blah, blah, blah. First of all, sis, if you think they're not real, then I want to challenge you to um, do your own research. But even beyond doing your own research, um, I'm going to break it down just a little bit for you in a few minutes here. And then to break. And I am intentionally pronouncing my words because these words got to come forward with power period sis like I just got done worshiping before I filmed this episode um I've been praying about this episode because even the fact that you are listening to this episode number one is confirming the fact that you already know that you're a generational curse breaker and then number two tells me that the enemy has something planned for your life and you need to be listening to an episode like this because God wants you to thrive regardless of what you're going through in this current season not for the future not when things get better not when they're fixed not when that happens not when I get more money he wants you to thrive right now today when we're talking about all of these power words, then we're talking about somebody that identifies as a generational curse breaker. And if you identify as such, then that is a person that is willing to stand in some really uncomfortable positions for the sake of people they don't even know. That has to be a person that has God's heart. That has to be a person that is sold out and dedicated in their life to him because there's no other way that you are about to break generational curses without having being 100% solidified, grounded, and having a solid foundation in Jesus. When we're talking about generational curses, it's not some mythical thing. It is a real life thing. And I want to give you a real life example. We're essentially talking about the effects of sin. You know, the Bible talks about sin being passed down to the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh generation. That is beyond real. And so one of the clearest examples that I can give you of sin and generational curses being passed down is poverty. Like, let's put it into its proper context. Let's really hash this out and think about it together. If, you know, your great grandfather made poor money choices, then he taught your grandfather to make poor money choices, who taught your father to make poor money choices, who taught you to make poor money choices. That is how this cycle continues. And for the person that is on the outside looking in, it might seem like a really simple or clear solution to just say, oh, just teach them to save or, oh, just teach them to do this. But these are habits that are ingrained into the cultural fabric of maybe a particular household or a particular neighborhood or a particular people. So when you have something ingrained in the fabric of who the person is, that's going to be 
a challenge to break. That's going to be something that you definitely need a whole host of heaven to come on down and war and fight on your behalf. So that's the clearest example of a generational curse that I can give you guys today. And when you realize that you are warring against a generational curse, then you have to stand boldly. You have to declare boldly, number one, that you are the curse breaker and then that the cycle stops with you. So no more accepting the same mess, no more status quo, no more mediocrity. And what I did not say at the start of this episode is that this episode came about because of a listener's question. So I want to take the time to acknowledge the listener's question. Hey, hey, welcome back for another listener Q&A. All right, so today's question comes from Bridget. Bridget asked, how do you make it in life as a generational curse breaker? It is so hard and so challenging and so lonely. So first and foremost, I want to reframe that language. You guys know that I am a therapist, so first and foremost, I'm always gonna talk to you about reframing a situation. So to reframe that language would look like flipping that to how do I thrive as a generational curse breaker, moving beyond just getting through a situation, moving beyond simply living, but thriving means to flourish. So to grow, to have a larger impact, to be happy, to have joy throughout all of the circumstances. And I really and truly believe that we can do that. God gives us the power to do that. So here we go, Bridget, we're about to answer your question. And if you are a generational curse breaker and you're listening to this episode, then I want you to take a second and tag me on Instagram so that I can share your tag on my story and all the generational curse breakers can link up even on social media so that you know that you are not alone, that you have a squad, that there are other people out here warring and fighting. So fighting through as a generational curse breaker is exhausting because a huge part of the battle is unseen. You feel like you are fighting a whole entire fleet of people and it's not people it is a host of unseen demonic entities and it feels like you're going at it all by yourself but I promise you that If you are warring on behalf of the Holy Spirit because he set you in position, then you got a whole squad backing you. The whole entire host of heaven is rooting for you. People even in the earth realm, the parts that you can see are praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm pulling for you. You are the reason why this episode is airing right now because I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that the mantle can get lonely, but you are not alone. Now you might be asking the question, Sita, how do you know that you can thrive as a generational curse breaker? Well, sis, because the word says in Hebrews 12 and one to lay aside every weight that hinders you and run the race that is before you. So if I can lay aside all of the weights, that means one, Holy Spirit knew the weights were gonna come. He knew that there were going to be cares that I would need to cast on him because he also said to cast your cares upon him because he cares. So I am to one, 
throw off these weights so that I can run more freely. So I don't need to focus on the weights that come in, what she said, what she did, what bill is due, when that's coming, how this is going. I don't have to focus on those weights. So releasing those weights so that I can thrive. Let's get into how to thrive as a generational curse breaker. The very first one (laughs) is that you need your own deliverances. I'm sorry. I don't have no cute answers for you on today because when we're talking about breaking generational curses we're talking about warfare and warfare ain't no time to be cute sis so I don't have any cutesy points for you today but the very first one is your own deliverance and to be clear deliverance is a continuous process it's not something that we just go up to the altar for we get prayer we fall out we get up and we feel good and we gone about our day no deliverance is continuous and because it is continuous you gotta want it bad enough right so bad enough to continue to fight for your deliverance um i do not like fasting like (laughs) i just don't enjoy it i'm a person that likes food but my flesh is weak right and so uh this year god called me to fast more than ever before and called me specifically to fast from food that is one of my biggest challenges when it comes to fasting and those first few days, it was so incredibly hard to stay focused, but I had to remember I am fasting for a purpose. I'm fasting for a reason. I'm fasting because I want to see the hand of God move. I want to see number one, my own deliverance, but then number two, I want to see God manifest his promises through what he said to me in my fasting. So in the period that I fasted, God ministered to me. God spoke to me. He said certain words to me, things that I am expecting to come to pass. And so in knowing that and understanding that that is what gives me the substance to keep going. I got way too many things out here to do for the glory of God for me to be playing around. Right. So I hate the actual act of fasting but I love God so much so that I will subject this flesh to fasting for the glory of God so you have to want that deliverance bad enough it has to be important enough to you and priority to you And it's important to be delivered because it is impossible to lead people where you have never been without being spirit led. Now, I'm not saying that when you minister to people, you have to have the exact same situation that they did. That's not true. But you do have to have the spirit of God. You can't sit here and tell somebody. I couldn't sit here and tell you guys, yeah, you need to fast and pray. Have the Holy Spirit not taking me through. So God allows us to go through things so that we can help other people. I wouldn't be able to say that to you guys and talk to you guys about how challenging it is if God hadn't put it on my heart to do first. Another reason why you have to be delivered is because you have to be cleansed to know where the Holy 
Spirit is leading you. When you're talking about breaking a generational curse, you're talking about changing the status quo. You're talking about shifting the way that things are typically done, doing them outside of the normal frame of mind. And it's okay to do that. People do it all the time. They do their own thing all the time. But if you want to be led of the Spirit, you got to be cleansed for that. And then you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to the point of overflowing so that you can know how to pray, when to pray, who to pray for, how long to pray, what to pray for when you're talking about them. Like when someone comes to you and wants to to receive prayer, Holy Spirit, what do I even say to them? What are the prayers that you want me to pray? You have to be sensitive enough to recognize the direction that the Holy Spirit is headed in. For example, if somebody comes to you for prayer about a job and then you feel led to pray about their mother and it turns out that they were really concerned about their mother because they just heard that their mother has a diagnosis that seems like it's life threatening. That is something that can only be Holy Spirit led. So you have to be able to hear his voice in order to know how to pray, how to minister, how to move. So another thing to keep in mind when we're talking about deliverance being a continuous process is that every single level requires deeper levels of obedience, surrender, and deliverance. So you got deliverance at this basic level of, okay, how do I pray? How do I read my Bible every day? How do I do this? You got deliverance from sin, right? And then when you go to another level deeper in Christ, now there's a new revelation that the Holy Spirit gives you. Another area that maybe you were sinning and you were unaware that you were sinning. And now you need to get deliverance and freedom in that area. And you have to continue this process of deliverance. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to refine you. So that is point number two, letting God break you and prune you. I told y'all I don't have no cute answers for you today. And I know the title of this episode is Thriving as a Generational Curse Breaker. So if we're talking about thriving, why are we talking about deliverance? Why are we talking about breaking and pruning? Because we can't get to the cute parts. We can't get to the thriving parts without the parts that are painful. We we can't get to it without the parts that unpack all the trauma and all the mess that was previously there. A scripture that the Holy Spirit has been bringing to my mind for this whole week has been Isaiah 66 and 9. And that scripture says, I will not cause pain without allowing something beautiful to be birthed. Now I'm paraphrasing there, but It says in another version, shall I bring you to the birth without allowing the birth to take place? So what that means is, am I going to cause you all of this pain? Am I going to make you go through the hardships of life without causing that to mean something? Without making you produce fruit? The Bible says that we have to produce fruit and then much fruit and more fruit, right? So we have to continuously go through the process of letting him break us, removing harmful people and things from our lives. And that hurts. That hurts. That hurts. That hurts. That hurts. As an INFJ, 
Um, and that's a little reference to the Myers-Briggs. If you guys don't know anything about um, the therapy world, that's the Myers-Briggs reference. You can look it up. But as an INFJ, I used to feel like my feelings were a blessing and a curse all wrapped up in one because I felt things so very deeply. I felt pain so very deeply, but I also felt joy so very intensely. And what I had to come to realize was that this was a gift. This is a gift. It's a gift to be able to understand a person's pain without having necessarily experienced exactly that situation and it's a form of the gift of healing and I didn't know that at first you know if you listen to episode five of how to establish sisterhood I shared that I have been the person to cause pain to people I have been a person that has been mean to people but I've also had people be mean to me. I've also had God snatch people away from me. I've had him remove people from my life and me not understanding why the relationship was shifting, not seeing that God was moving people and things out of the way because they weren't assigned to my life. And that's a painful realization when the Holy Spirit starts to take things. It doesn't feel good. But I want to say these words to you that I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me when he started to move people from my life. They are not attached to this assignment. You are. Listen, again, I know it hurts, but I promise it's for your good. You don't even realize that once the tears dry, once you're done crying, you see a whole lot differently when you switch up the crowd that you're hanging out with. You just have an entirely different perspective on life when the Holy Spirit starts to get you out of situations and get people out of your face and thrust you into the new area that he called you to. You become the most refined version of yourself when you allow God to break you and prone you. And I'm not talking about new age stuff. I'm talking about Holy Spirit refined. One of the things that the Holy Spirit had to refine in me was my speech. I will be the first to admit, like, I love to cuss, right? Like cursing just makes language sound better, right? But I used to get convicted all the time with that scripture in James. How can blessings and cursings proceed out of the same mouth? They can't. And I would say like, Lord, I need you to help me. Lord, can you help me? Okay, new day. Stop cursing challenge. We got this. Woohoo! But not really sincerely dedicated. And then probably a little bit ago, maybe a year and a half ago or a year ago, somewhere in there, but recent, I finally said, Lord, I am tired of this. I'm tired of this. I want to stop. Well, I want to keep doing it because I think it sounds good, but I want to stop if that's what glorifies you, if that's what honors you. 
if that's what properly represents you, then I want to be more refined. I want my words to edify. I don't want to tear anybody down. I don't want to use words that are not of God or Holy Spirit inspired. And when I pray that prayer of sincerity that I actually like cursing, but I want to please you, I love you, you know, ever since then, I haven't cursed. You know, I may have slipped up a couple of times and been like, oh, Lord, please forgive me. But nowhere near the way that I used to do when I was like, OK, new day, curse and challenge. That's what happens when you allow the Holy Spirit to refine your character. And for me, the times that I enjoyed cursing the most was one, when I was mad or two, when I wanted to tell a joke. So when I told God that I wanted to be done cursing, then of course the best material came up for jokes, right? Because you already know we're gonna be tempted when we put our mouth out there and say something. And then of course I got upset at things. So I wanted to be cursing then too. But I said, no, I love God. I love God more than my desire to want to say a couple of words. There's another way that um, the Holy Spirit was teaching me to process my emotions. And that's for an entirely different episode. But the point here is that we become the most refined versions of ourselves when we let it simmer like a good soup. If you've ever watched any of my Instagram lives or you've been on my mailing list or attended anything I've hosted, then you've heard me reference that again. If you have a pot of soup, you want to let those flavors simmer together really, really nicely so that you have a really good flavor of soup. Otherwise, if you throw things in the pot and you just let it come to a boil really quickly, then you're not going to get the best version of the soup. You're going to get a soup. It might be good, might even be a little bit tasty. You might get compliments. But if you want the best version of the soup where things are fused together and they make their own flavor, you got to let that thing simmer. And so when God is breaking us and pruning us, he's letting us simmer like a good soup. I'm going to move on to the third point, but first we're gonna have a word from our sponsor for this episode. Hey girl, did you know that statistics show black women have a higher chance of developing high blood pressure and other subtle life-threatening diseases? Not to mention the mental health diagnoses we don't talk about. As a licensed therapist, I talk to women both in and outside of my office about ways to take off the superwoman cape and be themselves. Being a black therapist, I know how culturally we're often pressured to set aside our own mental wellness to do what we have to do. Girl, I've been there and I've learned how to stop the cycle and now I teach other women to do the same thing inside of the Pink Emerald Collective. The Pink Emerald Collective is centered on three pieces, establishing our identity, providing you with practical strategies and solid connections with the squad. Take Shanetta, for example. She thought she didn't have the time or the money to invest in herself because she thought it meant taking up a lot of space in her schedule when she had a lot to do. 
She also thought it might mean spending a ton of money for something that would give her temporary or superficial results like a massage or a bubble bath. Now don't get me wrong sis, that stuff has its place, but it's not gonna help you take off the cape and flourish in life. Shanetta was tired of putting herself on the back burner. She joined the Pink Emerald Collective and learned how to carve out time for herself, resting intentionally, making boundaries her bestie while loving on the people in her life. And she is now connected to a tribe of amazing women who value sisterhood just like her. Enrollment for the collective with the 14-day trial is now open. And when you join, you get access to our free bonus course, The Boss Babe Reset, a 30-minute bite-sized masterclass to help you reset your routines. So if you're tired of being put on the back burner and you're looking for a squad, go to thepinkemerald.com forward slash collective to join today and grab your freebie. The final part of being a generational curse breaker and thriving is learning to truly let God lead 24 seven. So I know I told you guys I didn't have any cute points for you. If there was a cute point on this episode, this would be it. <laughs> because letting God lead 24 seven is, um, exciting and fun. Um, you learn that God actually does have personality. And when I say like letting him lead, I'm talking about in the small things and the seemingly large things too. Uh, back when I first got saved, I can remember um, I was going to church and it was Wednesday night Bible study. I gave like my last uh, bit of money um, in the offering that night. And I think I had like 10 more dollars and I was gonna go to Subway and grab me some food. It was like a Thursday night, payday was tomorrow. I had very low gas and like $10 to my name or something like that. So I went into Subway and I bought my food or maybe I had $5 to my name because back then subs were not $5 themselves. I think it was like 2 or $3. But anyway, um, I walked in there and I had gotten like the six inch, the drink and the chips. And then I remember being like, man, I don't really have enough money, but oh God, if I could just have one of those chocolate chip cookies, Lord. I know you care about the little things they say, but... Mm, I don't know. Okay. And I kind of like brushed it off as if it was nothing because I didn't actually expect God to do anything about it. I kid y'all not like 30 seconds after she got done making my sandwich, the lady was like, hey, um, we're actually about to throw these cookies out. Do you want two of these chocolate chip cookies? And I was like, yes, I do, sis. Throw it in a bag. <laughs> But that was the first time that I can remember like whispering a prayer to God and not really expecting him to come through. But because I was like a baby Christian and low key, if I think about it, maybe testing God, he showed me like, I do care about the little things. You want a cookie? Take a cookie. <laughs> like a cookie is nothing. Go ahead. So when I say like learning to truly let God lead 24 seven, 
and the small things and the seemingly large things. That's what I mean. Sometimes I still be like, oh, Lord, Lord, you know, I'm your favorite daughter now. Could I find a good parking spot in here? And a lot of times I'm not going to lie. Jesus be coming through with the clutch and I be finding a parking spot. But sometimes I don't. And then also learning to trust him for the larger things. God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I believe that if you told me to do this, if you told me to be in position to do this, then the impact is going to be great and it's going to bring you glory. Um, There's the old song that our mothers or grandmothers used to sing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own okay we're gonna leave that right there but you know the song he walks with me he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own he will literally whisper in your ear and not in a creepy way or not in a way like sis you need to be hospitalized but like a real way to hear the audible voice of God. If you are searching for him, if you are seeking him, you will find him. I promise you will find him. All you got to do is be on the hunt because he's already right there waiting to get to know you. He is your regulator throughout the day. So I talked to you guys about my journey of learning to submit and surrender my desire to curse back to God. He's the one that regulates my mind. He's the one that helps me to keep my attitude in check with the fruit of the spirit, self-control. He is the regular. Literally, when something comes in to throw off your day, you can present it to God. And a practical strategy that I like to use is really quick journaling, really quick jot down. And it doesn't have to be a pen and paper, but it can be an app that you use a journaling app you use to process your thoughts with God throughout the day. He's going to tell you practically with who and how to set boundaries. So these relationships that, you know, we have questions about, because I think the larger question that Bridget was asking was, how do I, um, thrive as a generational curse breaker? How do I stay encouraged when there's a total lack of support around me? When there are not a lot of people that understand what it is I'm doing? That's where those boundaries come into play. And I'm going to have to do a whole nother episode on boundaries because I can dive really deep into that because I talk to people about it all the time. And we have to learn that boundaries do not make us selfish. In fact, quite the opposite. Boundaries keep us safe. We have to have boundaries in every single relationship. God even gives us boundaries. That's why we can't have everything we want and do everything that we want to do. So the Holy Spirit will tell you who should be in your corner and who should not be in your corner, how you should interact with them and how you should not interact with them. If you are getting a feeling that I just feel uncomfortable when I talk to this person. That might be the Holy Spirit putting something in your spirit that that's not a person you need to talk to. I know that I'm a person that gets like super excited, like I told you guys. And so with me getting excited, I want to I want to share that news with people. But the Holy Spirit had to tell me, girl, you need to shut up. You got to learn how to shut your mouth, baby girl, because you talk too much. You put your mouth on too much stuff. And then you're wondering why people put in their mouth against you. It's because you're opening up your mouth and you're giving the enemy 
ammunition. So we want to be able to share so much with so many people, but we can't do that. And the Holy Spirit will tell us who you can share with and who you cannot share with. If you let him, he will guide you. He'll show you exactly what thriving looks like for you in which particular season. And I say that without giving you something specific because what thriving looks like in this season is going to be different from what it looks like in the next season. So seasons require different things. And so what we thrive, the way that we thrive in those seasons is going to look very differently. And so to give you guys an example, a season of thriving before the pandemic was eating healthy the majority of the time for me, going to the gym four to five days a week. That's what was healthy. That was thriving. That had me feeling really good versus where I am now or where I've been in the pandemic. Thriving doesn't look like going to the gym because childcare is closed. So it looks like making it up to the park with my kids whenever I can and getting a workout in while they're playing. That's thriving in this season. It looks like when this is a season for me to hustle responsibly, resting when I feel the Holy Spirit whispering, you need to rest tonight. Not trying to push through and do all these other tasks that I think I need to do, but actually listening to the Holy Spirit when he says, hey, you need to rest. So the Holy Spirit will literally show you what thriving looks like from season to season to season. And I think we make it way more complicated than it needs to be because I could even hear some people saying like, well, yeah, that makes sense. But how do I know when it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Well, the Holy Spirit is not going to have you out here exhausted and too tired to do something that he called you to do. So if it's something that is impeding on the assignment that he put over your life, baby girl, that's not allowing you to thrive. So we have to look at things really practically and pray that the Holy Spirit speaks practically to us just as practically when I was like yo Lord I want that cookie and he was like take the cookie it's all good like literally look for him to speak the Bible says that when you seek you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart so with a sincere heart he's not going to turn you away It's time to talk about what I've been loving, product recommendations, shout outs to family and friends, and overall gratitude. Let's get into it. Yo, so this week I am absolutely grateful for my family. I am loving my um, family unit and I'm talking about my husband and my children specifically. Love my entire family, but this week I am talking about um, my entire family unit. I have the privilege of having an amazing bonus daughter who just entered in officially into her teen years. So we got the opportunity to celebrate her life and we got the opportunity to go on a family vacation. And I talked to my email subscribers about ways to be more intentional with scheduling vacations and time with your family, just because I feel like vacations are very different because it's the time that you get to break away from everybody else and all the typical expectations to be yourself as 
a group of either friends or a couple or a family unit. And so how do you practice intentionality when it comes to spending time with your family? After vacation, I am just super grateful. What are you grateful for? What are you loving this week? I want to hear it. Woo, sis, this episode right here, hunty, we might have to do an Instagram live or something on this, but a really quick recap on this episode. We talked about what it means to be a generational curse breaker. We defined generation curse and breaker all separated we talked about how it might feel like you are fighting through life alone but you have a whole host of angels that are fighting with you and people in the natural world that are praying for you rooting for you and also fighting with you the three ways that we talked about learning to thrive as a generational curse breaker is finding your own deliverance and that deliverance is a continuous process process. We talked about letting God break you and prune you so that you are in the best position to minister. And then we talked about learning to truly let God lead 24 seven so that life is just flowing a lot more smoothly for you. So I created a playlist because I'm a person that loves music and I wanted to give you something encouraging as a generational curse breaker. And one of the first songs on this playlist is No Bondage by um, Holland. It's not originally by her, but she sings it on YouTube and that version is just so very powerful. The song in itself is powerful, but definitely that version. So if you want the playlist, please go to the show notes and check it out there. Last but not least, sis, keep up with me out here in these social media streets, honey. You can find me at Sita Hood, S-E-I-D-A-H-O-O-D on Instagram and Facebook. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next week.